1: the weekly F1 news and discussion show with overwhelmingly negative reviews in the Netherlands. I'm Brad Felper, and as always, I've done my best to scrape the motorsport barrel for some winter F1 content, and we hope you'll all add your views and join in the discussion on our live YouTube channel remember any super chat questions get a guaranteed answer but even if you're a cheapskate and don't pay us any money we'll probably answer you anyway joining me as always a former semi-decent go-kart racer who puts the nan in fernando my co-host and best mate alex Van Gene. how's it going alex
0: that that's painfully true you know my, my you are getting lid, old my, my cart lid sits up here um I'm pointing, for anyone who, can't, who isn't on the YouTube, I'm pointing above my shoulder to see my beautiful blue and red helmet that a friend of mine painted for me that I haven't worn in a really depressing long time and I hardly fit in a go-kart these days. So let's talk about more exciting things like the
1: news that is going on in F1 these days. Well, before we talk about that, let's tell everyone that we are now not not a podcast, we are now a podcast, and that means that when I forgot to bring your image in when I announced that you were here, no one on the podcast will have known that except I just mentioned it. Um, so we're very excited about the fact that we are a proper podcast and all the different podcatchers, and actually quite a few people downloaded us this last week.
0: Yeah, over 250 downloads. Um there was a whole bunch of watches on the YouTube, a whole bunch of listens back to your Twitter space. It was like 1,500 views in total, which is for a first week when we have had nothing but technical problems. We changed the date and the time without telling anybody. It ain't too bad.
1: I was happy with those numbers, and Me I think too. we're going to grow. Um, so before we get going, just a quick reminder, if you are joining us on the Twitter space, and I see there's quite a few people in there now, if you want to get involved in the chat, head to YouTube. The link is in my Twitter profile. It's also the last tweet I tweeted, or well, you can just search my name, Brad Philpott, on YouTube. So tonight's topics, uh, we're going to talk about the potential of some new teams entering Formula One, um, what we think about expanding the grid, uh, and how the most likely new entrant, Andretti Cadillac, um, will fare, Uh, or not fair if they don't arrive. Um, We're also going to remember some of the more recent newbies and discuss why they're no longer with us. Uh, And finally, we're going to take a look at the ill-fated Lola entry from 1997, which promised so much and delivered so little. Um, So why don't we start off with the news of Formula One formally opening a process for new teams to submit their entry requests. So this came out, this news, was it a couple of weeks ago now? We've had some time to digest that. um, And this was it was kind of all about andretti wasn't it because they're the team that have been they're the team that have been making noise for months may- maybe a year or more that they really want a place on the grid and they haven't been given one yet
0: no they haven't and unfortunately it seems like the person leading the charge on trying to tell the tell f1 that they don't need any more new teams is toto wolf um i think it's more because they don't want to dilute the money fund what a surprise! Something in F1 is led by money, um, but I actually think the added value that Andretti could bring, along with if they managed to bring an, en- an engine manufacturer with them, someone like Cadillac, I think that will be worth it. Especially, could you imagine an American team with an American engine, two American drivers, the eyes that would come to Formula One from to America from America in just because of that would be enormous. So I think it's massive oversight from Toto. I think Toto maybe doesn't want any more competition considering how far they slipped down the order last year.
1: So this is the thing, isn't it? You have a finite amount of money that's then split between the teams. And on the face of it, if you add an extra team, you're diluting that money, you're splitting it between more teams. So you can understand some teams not wanting an extra team. From a viewer's point of view, certainly those of us who have been around long enough to know Formula One with extra teams, you know, I think probably the maximum I've watched Formula One with is maybe 26 cars on the grid. Um, we we appreciate that those back markers, even if they're pretty rubbish, they do add something to the grid. At the very least, they bring extra seats for more drivers to have a shot that might not have had a shot before. Um, so the basics are, Teams like maybe Toto um, heading Mercedes don't want to split the money up anymore. But that's not all there is to No. And
0: also, when you talk about um, when some of the other teams came in and they were a bit rubbish, like Marussia, like Caterham, like. Who's um, the other one I'm missing? Um, HRT. When those three came in, I was actually invested in their battle who would win between those three and who would get a point. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it was quite a good battle between those three because those three were quite close. It always had some young, exciting drivers in it, or pay drivers, but I also think they didn't fail because they weren't good teams. They failed because Formula One drew them in on false pretenses and then sold them down the river. You know, they brought them in originally saying that they'd have a third that F1 would go to a $30 million a year budget then very quickly up that to 40 million and then it never happened and what a surprise the teams that came in based on that budget didn't survive and it affected Williams as well because Williams bought into the fact that that's where the budget was going that's how they organized their team
1: and they have suffered ever since So I don't think there's a lot of negativity from fans towards there being extra teams. I don't think any of us or many of us really are against that. From my point of view, I really want more. I think 20 cars on the grid just feels a little bit empty and I think it should really be a minimum of 22 cars. And ideally for me, I think the number is is 24. However, It's not quite as simple as the pot would just be split between more teams because bringing in a good new team, particularly, as you mentioned, an all-American team, American engine manufacturer eventually, but certainly with the support of an American engine manufacturer, a couple of American drivers probably, um, or at least one, the pot gets bigger. It's not just you have this finite amount of money to split that then is a smaller portion everyone gets. It becomes a bigger pot of money. And that's, I think, what the new teams, Andretti in this case, will have to demonstrate to be, to be taken super seriously or to get enough agreement. But as you mentioned, and as a couple of people have mentioned in the chat there, there's also a 200 million anti-dilution fund. And I assume that's dollars, 200 million dollars, which will be a one-off payment split between the teams to kind of make up for the fact that they're having to split that pot further. So there are some measures put in place to, to mitigate the negative sides of having extra teams.
0: And they are considering putting that anti-dilution fund up to $300 And the thing is, is, even with that money, it isn't putting Andretti off. And Andretti have been a massive motorsport team for decades. They've done very, very well in the sports that they do. And if they can partner with somebody like Cadillac, and I don't know if you've heard it, Brad. Have you heard the Cadillac hybrid prototype car? If you heard how incredible that that thing sounds. No, um, but race
1: cars do sound good in general.
0: Race cars do sound good, despite that people think that these this generation of V6 turbos don't sound good. They're still very loud and still sound very good. I like the throaty whistle noise that you get from the turbo. Um, but I think, but the other thing I think with it as well is, why are we asking Toto Wolff's opinion? Why are we asking any? of the team's opinions on having new teams. It has absolutely nothing to do with them from a business point of view. It has their own business in mind, but that's not what F1 is in it for. Um, If F1 was in it for their own business kind of mind, they probably would have not put a budget cap in. The budget cap in was for F1 to manage itself. So I think letting Andretti come in will open up so many different avenues for this sport to grow. and if it doesn't happen, I'll be disappointed.
1: So, Andretti, in particular, are a very serious organisation. So, you've got a team that is headed up by uh, you know former a former Formula One driver, and obviously, um, if we go a generation further back, a former Formula One world champion. They have IndyCar teams. They are uh, you know a serious, modern, experienced racing outfit who should have been probably taken quite seriously up until now anyway and now with the backing of it's it's cadillac but it's gm it's general motors so it's one of the biggest car manufacturers in the world the cadillac brand obviously is is the one that they have chosen to to make public but as a manufacturer as a as an entity gm is obviously huge um they have to be being taken seriously now and i think that's why you've probably seen a switch in attitude from the fia ben salem um seemingly supportive now in in the the things I've seen in media in the last week or so, it looks like the FIA are on the side of Andretti, um, at least in principle. And I didn't really get that feeling before. Up until now, it was it was it felt like it was a bit cold. Everyone was cold to the idea of extra teams. So I'm encouraged and I don't think this is remotely like the HRT, Marussia or Mana or whatever they ended up being called, uh, Virgin um, caterham lotus issue i mentioned loads of teams there but that was actually only three just for loads of different names it's not remote oh even um, hrt weren't originally called hrt were they they, they were called Campos originally that mm. even that changed before they came in who
0: was us usf1, and USF1 was F1, be a team as well but yeah that when we think about teams that have come and gone even teams with big budgets you know we had toyota toyota allegedly had a bigger budget than Ferrari and who was who was top at the time? Ferrari and McLaren and Red Bull. You know, Toyota were a proper serious outfit. You know, their um, their German facility that some of the teams still use. What was it called, Brad?
1: So the facility. Sorry, the, the
0: facility that Toyota used to use
1: in Stuttgart. Um... Was it not in Cologne? Cologne, that that's the one I was talking Sorry, about. Sorry, I was busy pressing buttons. and Pressing buttons like, and reading the chat. Didn't have enough fingers to, to talk myself. There uh, you go. Connor,
0: Conor, of course, Connor Edwards in the chat has instantly come in saying it's Cologne. Um, but yeah, so it's somewhere in Germany, whatever. Um, and it's an amazing world-class facility, but they couldn't make it work. BMW came in and basically did what um, Sauber, um, not Sauber, what Audi are going to do with Salba? They came in, they stuck an end, one of their engines in a Sauber, called the team BMW, and that is basically what Audi are going to do. Um, but the difference with Audi coming in is Audi have basically written the engine regs for
1: themselves. So imagine if they turn up and they fumble it. So being called full chat, we should probably reference the chat more than we have done so far. So I'm just going to pick out a couple of comments. Um, to, built to Jay-Z Lexus, who, who's always talkative in the chat, Reckons that unfortunately, adding teams would add zero value to Formula One. The best way to add value is to get the cars closer. I, I don't disagree with that, but I think that's something that's already underway. So I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. Um, and uh, we also have Connor um, saying that Toto Wolf might not like the Andretti proposal because Cadillac is Mercedes' rival in America. So, like, kind of luxury Ooh, sedan. Okay, so that's something I've not really thought about, but yeah,
0: maybe. But the Cadillac stuff is rumour anyway. We, we assume, well, we, we would like to assume that if Andretti is coming, that they would bring uh, no. a, manu- a manufacturer with them.
1: Uh, well. This just in, Alex is wrong about a thing. No, Andretti have announced officially that they're partnering with Cadillac. It's all part of their official announcement. So oh, okay. that, that, that is kind of like the known news. That's okay. God, that's actually one of the first times you've, you've said a wrong thing on Full I chat. know. So We've we, done quite we a lot of make- shows.
0: One podcast, but a lot of shows.
1: <laughs> and and if I'm wrong about that, then um, someone tell me in the chat, but I'm quite confident. Um, so yeah, um, Tom in the chat, no surname for Tom, nice and under the radar. He mentioned Stefan GP. Do you remember I Stefan remember GP? Another team that was proposed and really wanted an entry, but couldn't get one. And this is well, you know, this is before our current budget cap era formula Mm. one now is something people want to get into because you can actually make money from formula one if Mm. you do it right in the past it was almost a guaranteed fail Mm.
0: you've also got dgm who's saying genuine question why do people actually want more teams um i mean i want more teams because it adds another element because more teams more racing especially if the teams aren't the teams at the front aren't super close it means you have much more of a midfield battle i mean Everyone has talked about this season, last season, not being that close. It only wasn't that close because Red Bull did such a good job. You know, look back to Austria. In Austria, we saw five different cars fighting over, uh, over, uh, 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 over multiple corners, over multiple laps, with positions changing all the time. If that isn't, that's the closest I've ever seen f1 and that's the first year of these regulations they are going to get closer and closer and closer and closer until we get to 2026 where they fuck it all up and change it all again and then somebody else stretches their legs at the front
1: so i'm going to give my answer to that exact same question Uh, why do people want more teams And, and that is actually a really good question because a lot of people will only have known formula one with the current or similar set of 10 teams now most race series in the world have more than 20 cars on the grid Um, i I think i would i think i'm safe in saying most certainly look at things like indycar and and pretty much every feeder series unless it's a struggling feeder series they generally have more than 20 cars and from my point of view the reason i want formula one to have more is probably similar to everything you've just said there it's just more storylines it's more things to watch it's um another another few drivers on the grid it's more seats that mean, that drivers don't get to Formula 2 and, and do well and then end up having to just go off and do endurance racing. It's, it's just more intrigue, more storylines, more things to watch. And, and I've always enjoyed, even if the teams are rubbish, and I don't think nowadays that's really a danger. We're going to talk a little bit later in the show about some of the failures of the past and why they were failures and one big one in particular. But nowadays, that isn't the way Formula One's set up. The regulations are restrictive to a point, and obviously the budget now is restrictive to a point where it's designed for teams to be able to be at least similar, you know, not be off the back of the grid as they were in the past. So that's my answer.
0: So D- DGM, who asked that question, um, also says with Les cars, it surely maintains its eliteness. I, I understand where-, where he's coming from from that, but having 10 teams versus having 12 teams isn't doesn't dilute it any further you know you look at things like the premiership you know there's 24 teams in the premiership and then they fight against a million other teams it doesn't stop Lionel Messi still being the um, named as the greatest player of all time um, because he's in a bigger pool if anything it makes you look better
1: Yeah, I I was going to say almost exactly the same thing. Having more teams, it means you're beating more teams when you win. Beating just nine other teams actually seems a bit lame to me just based on my other motorsport experience. Um, So anyway, um, uh, to answer another question, Paul Handley in the chat asks, is Full Chat F1 a podcast on Apple Podcasts? It's a podcast on every podcatcher, unless it's an obscure one that I couldn't find. Um, So we should be everywhere now. Took a little while to get that to happen but, but because we're, we're
0: there. on we're on a and a cast get to absolutely everything which is great um, which is how i was able to track the numbers obsessively throughout the week um hopefully we'll get a few more this week
1: so if you are listening on the Twitter space, just a reminder, um, listen back on a proper podcast if you want to. If this is a bit boring and you want to be able to just drive to work and listen to us, or if you want to chat to us, come onto the YouTube channel right now. So Alex, we were going to look at a couple of specific examples of teams that have tried to get into Formula One in in the recent past, in living memory, um, and and kind of discuss why they didn't make it. So The three that you named earlier, the three that came in in 2010, there are actually four new teams in 2010, but I'll touch upon the fourth one in a moment because they did slightly better. Three brand new teams uh, were HRT, um, which was Hispania Racing Team. They were the grey looking car that I actually really liked the look of. Um, They later were white and red, I believe. You also had Caterham, but... It was Lotus to begin with, and that's a confusing story in its own right because there were two Lotuses on the grid that were completely separate teams. Lotus,
0: Lotus, and Caterham, and two of them were owned by the same business. It didn't make any sense.
1: And you also had Marussia slash Virgin slash Manor, and that was... That were the three, and as you mentioned, they were all promised a budget cap, which was lower than the current budget cap, and that never appeared, and so they found themselves having committed to a series where the budgets were unrestricted and they're fighting against all the manufacturers that we know and love. And they had planned to come in and only need a great deal less money than that. And uh, Connor, as always, hits the nail on the head in the chat. It was Mercedes with the fourth team that I was alluding to that came in in 2010. So having taken over from Braun. Um, So why, why did they do badly? So we know the budget cap never happened. Why else did they do badly? I'm going to suggest one thing. Um, Low amount of prep time. So that's never a good thing. Undercooked cars. Did we have a regulation change? We had a regulation change the year before, didn't we? The 2009 regs were completely different to previously. So it was the second year, I guess, of that particular regulation set. Any other reasons that you can think of why they were crap?
0: They were just massively underprepared and underfunded. And I'm trying to think to the driver lineups. So we had in Ooh. HRT we had Narain k n Um I'm not gonna be able to get did all Did we? Of these.
1: I can't remember. yeah, we yeah Naren, you're probably we had,
0: right. We had Narain Who else did we have? We had Danny Ricardo, he wasn't
1: straight away. Um, wait, Karun Chandok definitely drove a race or two, didn't
0: he? Yeah, Karun Chandok did like four or five races, I think. Did um, he
1: drive in the in the Lotus? I, I honestly can't remember. He I've got was in the veil- Lotus.
0: Hake Kova was in the Lotus. Um,
1: Daniel Ricardo even drove for HRT. Yeah. That was his first um, team.
0: Oh, um, Italian driver, Trulli. Trulli drove for one of them.
1: Yes. Now, that was one of the things I was going to mention. The Lotus team that ultimately became Caterham, they were a little bit better prepared slash funded. They mm-hmm. had proper drivers, experienced drivers that weren't just there. In fact, part of their problem was that they were paying their drivers a proper salary. Mm. They had Jarno Trulli and Heike Kovalainen who yeah. were and, you and, know, and, experienced. For those who don't know,
0: Yano Trulli was a teammate of Fernando Alonso's for a long time, and Yano Trulli, despite being given the name the Trulli train through most races because he just used to be not very fast in races and had lots of people behind him, he was an exceptional qualifier, and that was part of the reason the Trulli train came, because he would qualify very high up the grid, you know, matching the great Fernando Alonso, Um, but... Would then fall back in the race due to his race pace. So he was a proper peddler, and Haakon Overlinen, you know, hung around and was near enough to Lewis Hamilton. Um, so the, really. come on, let's give him something. Um, he, out-qualified he, was, him, he, he wasn't qualified in Silverstone 2008.
1: He wasn't completely hopeless. Anyway, w- my point with them was that they were at least professional, experienced drivers, and then you had newer people. You had Lucas Degrassi in the Virgin um Glock as well um I'm not even going to mention this person's name otherwise we're just going to we're going to mention this person all the time in the chat but um (laughs) we're being helped out by our chat room as always um and uh, yeah anyway we've mentioned all those Bruno Senna was the was the last one I think with the HRT HRT HRT. I actually was a big fan of that team I always liked the real underdog and they Mm -hmm. were the worst Um,
0: terrible they the thing is was
1: also none
0: of them did any testing I think they all turned up to like the final day of the last test or something. Actually, no. I'm pretty certain HRT's first first laps were like in second practice or something of the first race. And to have that at Australia is horrendous.
1: Yeah, the teams certainly at least one of the teams were building the cars for the first time in the pit garages at the first race. That's the level of, of unpreparedness we're talking about. Um, so anyway, ultimately, these all fell by the wayside and we don't have any of them left, do we? They no. all tried and then ultimately just disappeared off the grid. And ever since then, we've kind of been running with a couple of teams down. And that's how it's felt to me anyway. I, I, never, I never was too against the fact that they were that slow either because eventually, given time, they probably would have got better. But anyway, there were some teams that have come in that have done quite well. Um, has have been probably the most respectable of recent years would you say as like a completely new entrant they came in with a very different um, philosophy buying so much of their car from another team Mm -hmm. which i think and obviously they're very well funded too and a very experienced american isn't it also
0: so they buy lots of their parts from ferrari and isn't their chassis a Delara chassis as well
1: i think less and less so but yes still predominantly and in the past entirely a Delara chassis
0: yeah, um, my issue with Hass has always been a case of they look really, really promising for like the first five races. They score points; they're really, really good. Um, I remember those first few seasons with Grosjean and K. Mag. You know, they were fighting for; they were just outside the podium positions, and then they had those two races where, uh, in Australia, where the wheels the wheels literally fell off their wagon and cost them so, so much. I mean, that was probably like position costing money costing for the whole season just those two failures across those two races but yeah i i, I wish that if if has can produce out of the first five races over the rest of the season they'll actually be a decent force and can fight with the likes of alpha Tower, but they seem to run out of puff it's like someone who's doing a marathon and goes sprinting over the first few right, over the first few
1: furlongs With all of these teams, all of our current teams, I think given a few years with the way we've got the, not just the budget cap, but also the way the resources and the the wind tunnel time are skewed, you know, less and less time, the more successful you are, hopefully we're going to see just more of a, a natural bunching. I say natural, it's artificial in as much as you're not allowed to spend anything you want, but natural in as much as we're not. Putting any kind of physical limit on the teams, other than the amount of money or wind tunnel time um, that they're allowed to spend. Um, speaking of wind tunnel, one of the new teams that we mentioned, and I say new, you know, back in 2010 it was new, never saw a wind tunnel because the Virgin's whole concept was that it was entirely designed by CFD. Do you remember that? I do, and I remember it caused quite a stir. Everyone
0: was like, "How can they do that? All computers, blah blah blah," um, and they were right because the car
1: was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they they were right because <laughs> the car was rubbish but i think some of the claims with it would be unsafe um and it, it just it just wasn't competitive but fundamentally it wasn't a whole lot different to the other new teams they were all much of a muchness and i think it was still quicker than than the hrt but another car which never saw a wind tunnel is the one in my story coming up in just a moment so um,
0: i'm very interested in hearing about your story because I don't know this story, and I've purposely got you not to tell me anything about it. So me and the audience can all learn about Lola together. Um, But, you know, it's as far as with regards to the story about new teams, it would just be nice to inject not only new teams, new names, new engine manufacturers, it would also be a really good way to inject more decent drivers. You know, yes. There, there is such a massive pool of racing drivers. And if we can extend the pool of
1: F1 teams, extend the pool... Actually, how many teams are in um, F2 and F3? I don't know. Someone in the chat will know. I'm not even going to guess. But one thing I was, I was just going to say was, especially we need to extend the driver pool when we've got drivers staying on into their older age. When you've got Alonso and Hamilton sticking around, pushing or going over 40 then, yeah, you, you do need more opportunities. Otherwise, drivers will just never get to Formula 1. They'll have a whole crop of drivers that will kind of get to Formula 1 and then fall by the wayside because there's literally nowhere to go. Yeah. You can't be in a, a test and development role forever. So well, that's another reason why I, I'd advocate. For me, my my biggest person that missed out on Formula 1 and got
0: robbed of their chance is Stoffel van Dorn. Stoffel van Dorn dominated absolutely everything that he did. And then he turns up into F1 in the worst McLaren that McLaren have ever produced with Fernando Alonso as a teammate. And everybody was surprised that he got absolutely obliterated. And I just don't think that was the final form or even the starting form of what Stoffel van Dorn could have been. And if there was more teams, I'm certain there
1: are other teams that would have taken him. So just a couple of things before we do move on to our kind of our our history with Alex and Brad. Tom and Connor both mentioned that uh, the Virgin team actually didn't even have big enough fuel tanks to finish the race. I remember (sighs) that. That's a bit of an under, uh, sorry, oversight, isn't it? That's not being able to physically get to the end of the races. That's going to hamper your points, Tally. Um, Deborah Hood, I didn't see the Super Chat pop up, but I'm going to believe her. Deborah says um are cars easier to drive now than in 2010 well alex as we're both experienced formula 1 drivers <laughs> um who have who have experience of both of those generations of cars um i'm going to say the cars now are harder to drive from a physical
0: point of view i'd say
1: yeah physically harder than than in 2010 they're faster and they are certainly this current generation that we began with last season are very peaky really bad in low speed corners and need extreme commitment in high-speed corners because they're very good at going through high-speed corners. So I reckon they're probably one of the hardest types of cars to drive. Plus, they're bigger, you know, they're wider, they're a larger car, so there's less room to manoeuvre them around a the track. So I'm going to say they're harder now than they were in 2010. This doesn't mean they're the hardest ever, though.
0: I also think there's a harder mental load as well because there's so many buttons and switches and things that they change corner to corner, let alone lap to lap, that they have to be able to drive the car at maximum pace all the time while making lots of button switches and different things like that. And that, I think, is completely understated by everything in F1. The media, and F1 have this habit of doing this. They don't make anywhere near as an, enough of a fuss about how amazing these engines are, how efficient these engines are, the power they produce, how clean they actually are. They don't make any reference to how difficult it is to drive an F1 car when you get people who just go oh we've got power steering so it's easier yeah you try and turn a car that weighs as much as an F1 car does with 4g with 4g going through the corners 4 5g going through the corners you try and turn it without without um uh,
1: power steering we've had this conversation ourselves many many times but Just a member of the public trying to drive a Formula 4 car at anywhere approaching, you know, within 15 seconds of a good lap time. Physically, I don't think most people are remotely capable of doing that. And Formula 1 is obviously on another level. Um, One last thing, again, before we move on to to the history, is how did we forget Jules Bianchi? Jules Bianchi obviously drove in the, I guess it would have been Marussia at the time. I don't think he was in the first season of those. Yeah, so... Anyway, guys, thanks for your questions and, uh, and comments so far. Sorry, Alex, you've with, got one more thing?
0: With regards to also how difficult the F1 car is to drive. Now, some people get annoyed when we talk about sim racing, but um, iRacing released the W12 um, on iRacing last year. No, 2020 in 20 at the end of 2021. And the amount of people who drove that car said it was easy to drive um, because it's got lots and lots of grip, but what they what they miss out is the physicality. But the thing that also lots of people said is, the car was so fast that they couldn't think fast enough to drive it quickly. So by the time they think about braking, they're past the braking point. By the time they think about turning, they're past the turning point. So if you're struggling to drive the car in a simulator, especially when it has as much grip as it's got, because you can't think fast enough, then think about doing that while you're doing those kind of speeds in the real world with, this, with your own fear of safety and going around a corner at 200 miles an hour. It really, really adds up. And I just think there are a lot of people out there who just do
1: not appreciate how difficult though driving these things now must be. Driving race cars is difficult. Shall we do history with Alex and Brad? Let's do it. Our regular segment where we get to show how old we are because we remember things from the distant past, um, so this one is the story of the the. I was going to say stillborn Lola team, but they they were born. They just died shortly afterwards. This did not go well for this team, and, and it's actually worse than it sounds. So Lola were a a race car manufacturer for many many years, and they helped and supported Formula One teams over those years. Um, and we're talking kind of decades decades like back to the 60s and they were always considered pretty good they knew what they were doing they were a uh, an expert race car builder much in the way that you see Delara nowadays and obviously they made sports cars all sorts of different well-known race cars I could show you a, a, a big sheet full of images of race cars that you would recognize and they are, you know they would be Lola's now they decided to enter Formula One finally having dabbled and kind of toyed with the idea for many years before they entered as a full manufacturer in 1997 they decided to do this in 1996 and the plan was to enter in 1998 but they secured a big money sponsor and that was something uh, a sponsor you'll all have heard of which was mastercard so they secured this sponsor and they had a lot of pressure from mastercard to enter sooner rather than later and that's because they mastercard wanted to launch their formula one club have you ever heard of this Alex? And, and do you recognize the car? So when I put up this image, those of you on YouTube will see the picture of the the blue, red, white and orange Mastercard Lola.
0: I have vague recollections of that ugly livery, but I I I I have ever since you mentioned this to me, I think the other day that you were going to talk about this, and I purposely haven't researched it so I can learn along with everybody else. I've been racking my brain and I remember nothing of this. So, so there's a I, really I'm good riveted reason on this.
1: There's a really good reason why you might not recognize it because you won't have seen it much at the races. Um, so anyway, before we get to the first race, MasterCard's idea to sponsor this team, the way this funding was designed was that people who were signing up for MasterCard would sign up to a special F1 version of it and a portion of the funds from signing up to that would go to the race team. They'd go to Lola and that would pay for the sponsorship. So Lola probably um, unwisely f- um, went an actual cash sponsorship deal um, instead going for the promise of funds that would come from people seeing these race cars go around with MasterCard written on the side. They would sign up to a MasterCard and they would choose a specific Lola Formula One MasterCard and then Lola would get a cut of that. Now, the sales of this card or, or the take-up of this card were really bad. I mean, like, a fraction of what they'd hoped for. So straight away, there was not much funding. Allied to that, they were supposed to come in with their own power unit, a kind of in-house factory-built power unit. wasn't ready in time, so they had to go for a kind of less powerful Ford, which wasn't a very good engine, a V8. Um, so that they're not good things. You know, it's already not looking like a great project. The funding's not quite there. Um, they had two pretty inexperienced drivers. They had... Um, Vincenzo Sospiri, and they also had Oh, who was their other driver? He was Formula Three Thousand, which is effectively Formula Two champion, a uh, Ricardo Rosset. Um, so decent. I remember him? I remember him. The decent. other guy I've
0: never heard of, but I remember Ricardo Rosset. He um, wasn't very good. <laughs> From very, what I remember, my history, my memory of history, him in F one was never very good.
1: Very inexperienced drive. You know, they hadn't gone in with two really well known pros. Um, anyway, the car. Never saw a wind tunnel. Not a good way to design a Formula One car. And this isn't, it never saw a wind tunnel, but it was designed entirely with CFD. We're talking Windows 95. They didn't, there they didn't have
0: CFD back then. Did certainly
1: you? nothing to speak of that would have been
0: worth you. I don't know how you would design a Formula One car without a wind tunnel back in those days and make it, because it was high aero. It was, we're only talking 1997. So it was high high aero dependency. So how you can design... Anything on a Formula One car without the use of a wind tunnel blows my mind.
1: So, Alex, they could have done with you and your advice back then. You might have been able to talk some sense into the management. However, optimistically, they arrived at Melbourne for the first race. And the cars, fortunately, were actually really fast. Nope, I'm talking rubbish. They were 11 seconds off the pace they were slower than their Formula 3000 car, you know, than their equivalent Formula 2 car of nowadays. Um, And they were well outside the 107% rule time to make it onto the grid. So, (laughs) and Kevin O'Toole in the chat suggesting maybe they, maybe they designed it on paint, Windows paint. Um, Anyway, I thought the car looked quite cool. Delivery was quite cool, but they were not selling many MasterCards off the base of, uh, off the basis of that first race. But don't worry, because they headed to Brazil for round two. All the staff went there um, and off they went to Sao Paulo and never turned a wheel. The team was wound up and not only that, the entire company, not just the Formula One team, the Lola company, which was such a successful race car builder, was entirely bankrupt and had to be wound up because of that failed project. Just such a... Such a an unfortunate and ill-fated attempt at Formula One that uh, a successful race car builder with what should be decent backing from a big money sponsor attempts it and then in not only is rubbish, not only is slow, doesn't make it past the first race. Never races, by the way. You know, they didn't qualify for Melbourne, so they, they never entered the actual race. All the staff went for a nice holiday in Brazil, and then never, never even went out for practice, and that was it. The car, everything was kind of wound up, and and the drivers were uh, Ricardo uh, Rosset um, did find a drive. I think that was Sosbury's last ever event, though, for me. And
0: we say HRT was bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. At least exactly. HRT
0: completed a couple of seasons. Um, again, Connor in the in the website said apparently um, Rosset was hated so much by the team um, when he was at Tyrrell in 1998 they swapped around the r in rosset and the t to make it a rude word which you, you're been, allowed to say rude which, words on we, i was gonna say which is toss it which actually isn't that rude but it's funny no
1: no it's tosser because they swapped the r and the t it's oh, the second thing sorry he i'm wrong. going
0: mad yes r and the t so yeah they go going with tosser so yeah he didn't have much of a um, of an f1 career
1: and uh, Well, I mean, at least he got to drive again, but Sosbury never did. Well, certainly not in Formula 1. I don't know what his career outside of Formula 1 was. Flipping so that's the, that's the dangers of a new team entering. But I, can you really see Andretti coming in with a manufacturer and time to do it properly and all the planning and preparation and know how they've got and have even a remotely similar outcome to that? Because I can't. I think we're talking about quite different things.
0: I think... and um. The FIA president, I'm not going to attempt to say his name. I've heard his name a whole bunch of times over the last couple of weeks, and I still can't pronounce his name. Um, So I'm not even going to try. The FIA president has basically told the team to bugger off. um, Stop getting involved. It's not your call. And we are looking into allowing new teams. Now, that isn't a promise of we're going to allow a new team in. That is they are looking at the options. So don't get that. Twisted, but i very much believe if andretti are going to come into the sport they are going to do it properly the thing that has been mentioned is but obviously they'll have a factory in america and there'll be an american-based team which takes away from the hub of basically oxfordshire um of where f1 is based and where all the people in f1 live um you know and that's why places like um Uh, teams like Alpha Tauri find it difficult because they've got to go to Switzerland and things like that however Fianza uh who's who's oh sorry Salba's in um Salba Alfa Romeo is in is in Switzerland but there's a big difference between getting your family to move to a remote part of Italy or a remote part of Switzerland to moving to America You know, I think there is a lot of prospects where if you offer enough money and I don't think money is going to be an issue for them to go, hey, really good designer of engines. Hey, really good aero person. Hey, really good team manager. Come live in this nice place in America where it's always hot and sunny and we'll give you the American dream and all the stuff you want for your kids. I think it is a draw, um, especially for a lot of the young upcoming guys in the engineering departments at places like that, I think they'll revel in the opportunity to go work for a big team in America.
1: So I think you're actually underselling the American or, or kind of maybe not even doing justice to the talent of race teams and personnel in America. I think there are there's a big motorsport community and it's a very big country. So I don't even think you need to attract current F1 personnel, certainly not most of the team. Um, I think when you're on an Andretti and you've got all of your IndyCar contacts to pull from uh, and obviously NASCAR and, and all the other motorsport industry out in America, there's a lot of, of racing expertise and know-how out there. I think they could probably just go with even fully American staff. Uh, but you're right. It's always difficult for teams historically to attract good staff if they're based anywhere else. Andretti's a special case, but, you know, based in further flung places that aren't the uk basically in this area where i am right now where all the race teams are within an hour um, and that's why Hass have a base in banbury you know the the car factory where the car is built i believe is still in banbury even though it's not designed there and the parts aren't manufactured there that's where everything comes because that's where like the race team itself are based um, i'm going to be
0: driving past that factory in a, in a week or two for a for a meeting gonna go to roger's cafe around the corner from the factory
1: it's Reggie's calf, actually, and it's not a burger van. It's got tables and chairs, as the advert on the radio <laughs> says. It does. Um, it's the best. It I love that. We First gonna, time we heard. We were we going
0: to try... go for the breakfast, but they've changed it to a Miller and Carter now, so we can't go there.
1: Okay. Um. And Ben Williamson in the chat says, so why does Haas have a European arm then? I think that's because for their concept, where the car was being manufactured by Dallara, which is Italian, um, and they didn't maybe have such a it, Formula One when Haas was um announced and when the team was originally built it wasn't as big as it is in america now and you know it just wasn't the same i know it was quite recent but it wasn't exactly the same sport as we've got now in 2023 i think it's more realistic with the americanization of it to draw people to an american team but we will see we'll see even if they get a spot i guess probably one of the last things we should talk about before we we run out of things to talk about is are there any other teams we've spoken a lot about andretti are there any other teams you can see coming in as one of these new ones is there any other teams that might put forward their proposal
0: well up until a couple of months ago we would have said Porsche but they well and truly backed out of the Red Bull deal at the at the final hour almost i think Penn was about to be put to paper and they pulled out maybe because it was just around the time when Red Bull got got proved of cheating um, and got all their massive fine, and maybe they didn't want to be um associated with such a lefarious outfit um but i'd love to see Porsche come in um i don't think they will now, I think with Audi coming in, I think that's 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 one part of the the v a g group in f one and that is going to be enough um you know the problem is is the v a g group owns so many high performance cars because they also own someone like lamborghini and things like that um but no I, i don't think there's anyone else at the moment who has a proper valid effort that can be fully funded there are probably plenty of teams who can scrape in scrape in but whether they can stay i don't know
1: so I've got a couple that I'd like to throw into Ooh. the ring. One in particular, and I think this is the kind of team that Formula One are most interested in: manufacturer teams that have a lot of clout and finance behind them that can properly, uh, really, really come in properly and, and do the job um, without just fizzling out. And that is Hyundai. Or hang on, how do you say it in American? We might have American listeners. Hyundai. Uh, Hyundai. How did? How did? Hyundai. Uh, Hyundai. Anyway, Hyundai, um, they have uh, a full, from the ground up, from scratch built world rally team. They have recently had Cyril Abitable appointed as head of motorsport, who mm-hmm. has a lot of Formula One experience. And I believe Herndi, we're being told in the chat, um, I believe he has his eyes on coming back for revenge against Horner um, in Formula One. And I actually think genuinely that's the kind of company that, might throw its weight behind a Formula One project. That would be
0: interesting. I'd love that.
1: I will probably be proven wrong, but I think they could be...
0: I I mean, I'd love for Toyota to come back. I'd love for BMW to come back because I do think the sport needs big names to validate it. Um, And, you know, if someone just comes in as Bob's F1 team, no one's going to be that super excited. I mean, I mean the one person who could probably could start their own team. He certainly got enough money and he certainly pisses enough people off that no team's going to want him. Could be Fernando Alonso. He'd come in as owner, uh, team principal, top strategist, top top aerodynamicist and number one driver um, and probably still get an argument with himself and kick himself out of his own team.
1: So another much <laughs> less likely um entrant could be the uh, currently not allowed because of the because of their the war in ukraine but the russian team um from our friend that um that was unceremoniously dropped by has recently what's his name
0: um i was about to say say sorokin it's not sorokin
1: could you tell i was like hang on I'm, I'm going to remember it in a minute. I'll, if I just talk about it for long, I just enough. remember his
0: face. He looks like wait, a generic computer game character.
1: Wait, there's you. There was like a joke. Ben it's Williamson sp- in, the, in the team. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was. I was thinking. Wait, there's a joke about spin. It must be something. Spin. Mazapin. So Mazepin. the Mazapins are connected to the High Tech Junior team. So High Tech is, uh, you know, a, a team that's throughout Junior single seaters. Mm-hmm. They're really well respected, um, and it's a team that. Um, both Nikita and his younger brother drove for. Um, and I, I don't know whether his younger brother still is driving with high tech, but I heard this on another podcast. In fact, I'll credit them. It's The Race. The Race are an excellent podcast and they um, they often have little scoops like this and some very good insider knowledge. Um, and I heard, I believe, Scott Mitchell Malm talking about high tech had registered the name um, high-tech GP or maybe something similar, something or, or something like um uh racing GP26, something which alluded to the fact that they were looking at a 2026 Formula One entry um with the backing of the Mazepin money. So I don't believe they're allowed in with that nationality at the moment, but that's another, you know, on the fringes, probably unrealistic, but certainly with the funding to maybe end if we're talking
0: about unrealistic ones that could just be an absolute dumpster fire your mate bill
1: story at rich energy why my mate oh hang on did he reply to a tweet you had you had a twitter
0: you i swear you had a bit of a twitter spat with him didn't you
1: probably because he's into all sorts
0: with a lot of people to be fair
1: (laughs) it will definitely have been because he was uh being a a twat Anti-science, vaccine denying, COVID denying, probably flat earther. He's all that wrapped up in one. Um, allegedly, hang on, I should probably say that because this is actually a podcast now. So he probably and he can't. probably
0: would sue us. I mean, if he knows if he knows who we are, he knows there's no point suing us.
1: But well, anyway, yes, I, I think I've had a disagreement with him, but I don't think we're going to see, despite them claiming it every year, I don't think we're going to see a rich energy F1 team anytime he's, soon. He's,
0: I think he's just dying to sponsor something to get his name out there and to be in the paddock but and especially now that you don't have to be vaccinated to be in the paddock now
1: um fun fact he sponsored the btcc car that i raced but not when i raced it um so uh, a season or two afterwards he sponsored that. I saw Rich Energy on the door of that. Anyway, let's not advertise them anymore. Alex, do you have <laughs> any more news items from the last week that you'd like to touch upon? It's quite a quiet, quite a slow news week. It has but-
0: been a very slow news week. There was quite a lot last week. We had, we had some good fun with um, with teams and stuff last week. But no, it's, it, uh, there's, there's not really much else going on um, with regards to F1. Hopefully there is some more news next week. Otherwise, we're going to have to do a very long story on something to do with history with brad and alex um, i do enjoy
1: the history stories but I i'm going to really really enjoy sinking my teeth into launch season and all the speculation about that when that some when that starts up soon yeah
0: i'm i'm trying to get excited about launch season but i'm just terrified launch season is just going to be a bunch of livery launches and i hope i'm proved wrong and some people have gone actually our design from last year was rubbish so let's redesign the whole car but i don't think it's going to happen um
1: The interest
0: the most interesting thing we're going I I think will be to see from the launches is if the rumors are true that Mercedes have stuck with the zero side pod design.
1: Okay. Well I I don't think that's interesting. I think that's even more boring if, they, if they've if they stuck with that because we won't have anything concrete at all to talk about uh, regarding Mercedes. I've, I do have a slight um, Mercedes-related thing that I'm going to take credit for. You might have seen the new Lewis Hamilton Monster Energy drinks that are out, the new blue ones. <laughs> I can't
0: believe you are trying to take credit for this, but I'll let you tell the story.
1: I am, am going to take credit for this because <laughs> I noticed last year that the Lewis Hamilton Monster Energy drinks, not that I was buying them, I don't think they were even sugar-free, um, but no I the red, drink- the his
0: ones have always been sugar free he had the red one that i haven't been able to which i which i was always looking for because i actually liked that one regardless of the fact that it was it was lewis hamilton's um and i haven't been able to find that in in over a year
1: well anyway sat bored at an airport i read the back of it and it said when you're a three time world champion like lewis hamilton you need blah 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 and uh, and i just very bored this i know this is really lame so everyone listening yes I'm lame. This is I, how I sad just,
0: Bradley Philpott I thought, actually
1: is. Wouldn't it be funny if I wrote to them, told them that was out of date, but actually tricked them into writing eight-time world champion on the next one mm. because they might not pay attention. <laughs> so I I just sent them on like their contact form that was on the back of the can. Um, oh just letting you know this is a bit out of date now you might just want to consider updating this considering he's now an eight-time world champion obviously i know <laughs> he's not um and then you know two months later they actually update the can so there we go very tasty um so that's uh, that's that
0: I, I actually have a photo and i will stick it on twitter of my youngest child walking through asda um lauren point my lauren my wife pointed out that lewis hamilton was on this thing with his new drink on it and she went up and gave lewis hamilton ha- shouted lewis hamilton and went up and gave him a
1: hug wow your kids are lame you brought <laughs> up lame kids um we should probably promote the fact you've been posting tiktoks from I this have. show is that on a do we have an account do we have a full nope, chat account it's on my Not account on, for, it's oh, on my right. account
0: for now um as with as with everything at the moment is because full chat is new and we both have followerships on other stuff Um, if we just make a full chat one it doesn't quite go there so we do have a full chat twitter so please go and follow that it's at full chat f1 so go and follow that um i posted a video of a two two minute and 20 second rundown of our hour-long conversation about um what drivers are going to do next year that was really difficult to do, so please go and watch it on TikTok, at Alex Van Gene. give it a like, give me a follow, um, because it's got about 600 views, and it really deserves more than that for the amount of effort that I had to put into that. Um, I'm also um, taking part in the Daytona 24-hour sim race in a couple of weeks. Boo, no one cares. Only because you've got the event going on that day as well. Um, but yeah, so it's me, Miss Apex's Kyle Power, um, TikTok and YouTube sensation Stuffy, um, Danny Henny and Sam Swallow all racing the new BMW LMDH at Daytona in the 24 hours. I will be streaming it, Stuffy will be streaming it and it should be a lot of fun as long as we make it past the first stint without getting wiped out by a GT3 car.
1: And with that, our viewer and listener numbers dropped <laughs> off a cliff because no one cares. Someone in the in the chat there has asked, uh, Connor's asked, did Alex win the football? Alex, as you rightly know, Connor, does football on Wednesday night. So you'll have to wait until next week to find out whether he wins tomorrow. But did you win yesterday? No, hang on, tomorrow. No, last Wednesday. You
0: know what I mean. <laughs> Didn't play last Wednesday. i am actually got my first game tomorrow. So um, I will fill you in on how badly I do because ever since the Christmas break kicked in my diet stopped and all my activity stopped so um i'm kind of what's your team one
1: what's your team it's
0: not a team we're not a team it's just it's just 10 mid 30s early 40s dads who go play football on wednesday night and kick a ball around and try not to hurt each other
1: Okay, well, um, in the final wrap up, then remember to follow me at Bradley Philpott on Twitter. If you're on the Twitter space, you probably already do that. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. And like we do TikTok on your channel, we do the YouTube on mine. Um, And obviously, the real thing we want to push is go and subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Make Alex happy when he's refreshing constantly all through the next few days. um, And give us a few listens and uh, and subscribers on the podcast. Um, And until next week, guys, remember... On the straight bits, at least you should always be full chat. D- did that one work? I'm trying new ones. <laughs> Nobody sent me in a better full chat outro line. Well, there so we go. Someone, there's, someone one, to... there's one for the
0: chat, and there's one for our twitters. Send us what you think our outro line should be, um, and we will. If we if we like it, we will use it forever and credit you,
1: but you won't get any royalties. Because we've got we've literally got nothing better. But guys, thanks for watching, listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.